we are continuing the journey, navigating through the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. And just like the last episode that Stan hosted, uh, Love is Healing, we don't actually find the word sacrificial in the text. However, that's okay, right? Because the Samaritan's actions eloquently show us what it is when love is sacrificial. And so I love that we get to talk about this conversation of what it means to be sacrificial, even though the word is not in the text there. Um, The Samaritan didn't expect anything in return, right? Um, There's no conversations about that. He hands money to the innkeeper. He says, take care of him. I'll be back to take care of him. Um, He's not wondering if there's going to be a thank you. Uh, Nothing is requested. Um, In fact, it's probably unnecessary, but the, the Samaritan, is a neighbor to the man in the ditch, and he is deliberately making sacrifices uh, for someone in need. And so that's kind of the gist of where we're picking up today. I am joined by my friend and teammate, Stan Wilson. Stan, you want to say hello? Hello, everybody. There you go. And uh, as as we began thinking about what it meant for love to be sacrificial, um, many scenarios and people came to mind. But there were some people in our hearts that just continued to stick out and that we continued to gravitate towards those who either chose this particular vocation uh, or maybe were called into this vocation um, that we believe combines many layers of sacrifice as far as living this out. So quite simply, um, teachers have been on our minds. And especially as we're approaching a brand new school year, we recognize that beginning a brand new school year under normal circumstances can be a wee bit stressful, uh a little intimidating, and can be a little apprehensive, but exciting all at the same time. So we also are attempting to recognize that during abnormal circumstances that we're facing, that, that, that there's probably every bit as much of apprehension and anxiety and things like that, things like that that, are, that we're heading into. So we want to recognize that and just thank you. So today, uh, for this particular episode, uh, we have Deborah Austin, we have Heather Atkins, and we have Dan Johnson, and they all are representatives of the Sumner County School System here locally, and we're going to hear from each of them in just a minute. So I want to say this first. I, I love teachers. I don't know how this is going to be perceived through the screen, but I absolutely love educators. And I, I want to say blanketly, I think that there's a, when you say educators or teachers, I think about that entire system um, from administrators to teachers to teachers' aides to um, whoever it may be that helps this thing stay in float and, and makes the lives of children so much better. Um, I love teachers. And I was telling Stan this, and I'm pretty sure I was telling each one of you this. I'm, I'm fairly confident that my admiration for teachers is a result of my mom spending her entire life in the classroom, right? I watched what my mom did. I watched the love that my mom has for children as a first grade teacher her entire life. In fact, the only reason she's not continuing to teach right now, and I don't know if she'll, my mom will probably be watching this. I don't know if I should say this or not, but she had a partial hip replacement uh, in the last, in this past year. And it's the only thing that I think has knocked her out of um, wanting to be in the classroom. And so um, I just absolutely love um, teachers. And I, I do think that my admiration for my mom, or at least my admiration for teachers was cultivated and fostered by an appreciation for her. So Stan, do you have, I mean, I I know that you have admiration for teachers as well. 
Um, why do you like teachers so much? Well, you know, <laughs> while you were talking, I was thinking I can't wait to hear Deborah and Heather and, and Dan uh, and what they're going to share with us in this episode because I look back over my life and I liked a lot of teachers early on. I remember, I still remember my Church of Christ nursery school teachers, uh, my kindergarten teacher, and several of my teachers in elementary school. And then somewhere in middle school, teachers weren't cool. And only a few of the weird ones were the ones I really liked. Like, you know, the ones that would do weird things in the advanced science class to like shock people or have their hair raise up with an electrostatic generator or something like that. And then I got out of school when I finished college thinking that school was over. And when I returned to school for my master's program, I fell in love with teachers in a way I hadn't before, almost almost connecting back to the way I felt about my early teachers in nursery school, kindergarten, and elementary school, realizing that it was me that moved distanced away from wanting to, to learn um, and not the people. So I, I think teachers have... Um, have come full circle, I guess, in my life. And now I, now I understand that a life learner is somebody who wants to keep figuring things out and keep learning. And there are life teachers who, you know, you, you guys probably have students that once they graduated, you might not ever see them again, or you might bump into them in a restaurant or at a ball game or something like that. And then you have the ones that you do see again, or you, they become teachers or, uh, they come back to you for something else you're doing and learning becomes something that is, is a desirable thing rather than a task that has to be suffered through. So um, I think it just depends <laughs> on where you are in your life on how important <laughs> teachers are to you. <laughs> That's awesome. I think I have to echo you on it. I, I think for, I'm, I was probably a horrible, this is for all three of you, a horrible elementary school student, middle school student and high school student. I'm pretty sure I drove teachers nuts. Um, and for some reason, Dan uh, and Stan, um, there were a lot of teachers that didn't like me because I was a preacher's kid. I don't know what it was about preacher's kids. Apparently, we were handfuls or, or known to be handfuls. But I'm like you, Stan. It wasn't until graduate school that I think I really began to develop a deep appreciation from my perspective. I always appreciated my mom and what teachers did, but at that next level for really appreciating what learning is um, and, and, man, admiring them. Um, for the for the for the time that they have poured their lives into, right? So I, I'm I here's where I follow suit as well. I'm anxious to hear from each one of our guests. And so obviously we've called this uh, this episode "Love Is Sacrificial," and you all we know we know um, the sacrifice. Well, we don't know we don't know all the sacrifices that you make to be in this line of work. That's just that's the bottom line. We know that there are many things that we will never know, um, whether it's time or finances or relationally, whatever it is. And so um, we can't always wrap our minds around that, but we thank you for what you do. So uh, to each of you as our guest, I'm curious, and I know Stan is too, and others who are listening, um, where, first of all, where do you serve as an educator? I'm going to kind of bundle this into one big question. Where do you serve as an educator? Um, what do you do? Why, why do you do it? Was there a specific teacher? Was there an experience or something early in your life that led you to this calling of, I want to be a teacher? Um, maybe a someone who influenced you, why you're passionate about it. Why do you remain passionate about it? So all of these, those are a lot of questions wrapped into the one just phrase, but whoever wants to go first, I can't wait to hear why you do what you do and where you do it. Go ahead. Who wants to go first? Okay, I'll go first. Um, so I teach uh, here in Sumner County at Lakeside Park Elementary. 
I teach kindergarten. This is my 29th year. All of them have been in kindergarten except one. One was in first grade. Um, why do I do what I do? I really can't remember when I decided I wanted to be a teacher. It's all I ever wanted to be. And all I ever wanted to be was a kindergarten teacher because it is so important to set that young child up for a love of learning and a love of school in their very first year. So that was part of my drive to want to be with the very young ones is to be able to teach them that being a lifelong learner is important and loving school is important, which is part of the reason I'm still in kindergarten, even though at times it's very physically challenging after 29 years. Um, the sheer joy of seeing the expression on their face when their light bulb goes off and they've gotten what you are trying to get across, across to them is so rewarding, rewarding beyond anything you can imagine. Um, I think that probably being able to go to work every day and know that no day is going to be like any other day I've ever had is <laughs> so fun. I mean, no students the same. No, I mean, you may teach the same thing year after year, but it's never the same. And that's exciting. I don't know that I've ever thought about it like that. I love, I love that you said that um, <laughs> there's no two day, uh, no day, no day that's the same. So like when you wake up and you go, there's going to be some things that you do experience that are similar, but like the, there's, it's not going to be the same experience at all. And, and that's Ever. exciting for you. And it, it brings is. you joy. I love it. I love it. Well, who's, Heather, why don't you go next? Okay. So I have the opposite end of the spectrum from Deborah. Um, tomorrow I will start my 19th year at Gallatin High School. A student taught there and never left. It's the only place oh, I've wow. ever been. And, um, I hope they'll let me stick around until I retire. But I teach 10th, 11th, and 12th grade English. So as Deborah has the kiddos when they're coming in, you know, I have them as we're about to send them out into the world. And um, it's a really important place to be, just like every grade level is for different reasons. Um, but I really, you know, cherish getting to work with kids as they're making those decisions and um, taking on a lot of adult responsibility and helping to guide them through that. Um, in addition to teaching English occasionally, right? Um, I think, I don't know that I ever didn't want to be a teacher. Um, the The video from my four-year-old graduation from Mother's Day Out is, you know, this is Heather. She's four years old. Her favorite color is blue. And when she grows up, she wants to be a teacher. Wow. And I've never wavered from that. But when I was four, I didn't know what high school was. So I didn't know that I wanted to teach, you know, the older kids uh, a lot of it probably had more to do with my uh, love of school supplies at that point and wanting to, which I still have. <laughs> so this time of year is always fun for that. That's reason. great. New crayons, new scissors, all of that. Um, but as I got into high school and I had some wonderful teachers too, that have always stood out. My Latin teacher, Francis Clark Brown now and Jay Callis, my English teacher for 11th and 12th grade, you know, they, helped me see learning in a different way that learning wasn't just about memorizing facts and spitting them back out on a text on a test. Um, but learning was, was something that you could do anywhere. And I wanted to have the same impact on kids that they had on me. 
and but majoring in Latin didn't sound like much fun, so um, I chose English instead. <laughs> that is awesome. So both of you so far, uh, this deep, a deep admiration within you for always wanting to be a teacher. And Heather, you just said it, it's like you never even wavered from that thought process, even at four years old, even though you couldn't comprehend exactly what that was. But I, I'm not hearing a wavering on either of your parts. Like you're in it and you've always wanted to be in it. Uh, and for such rich reasons. I mean, even just as you're talking, Heather, about the different people who've blessed your life and that you wanted to do the same thing for others. By the way, I also love your line about, uh, oh, and by the way, we'll be teaching English sometimes too, right? <laughs> yeah. you're, you're doing so much more than teaching whatever that particular subject is. And to me, that is a deep, deep awareness of the impact that you have on a tiny human or a adult human who's fixing to go to the world, right? That, that what you do is so much bigger than just the curriculum that you're following for whatever subject you're teaching. Um, that's, that's amazing. Uh, I, I love all of this so far. I mean, uh, Dan, Dan, we're going to Dan next. Dan, tell us a little bit about you and where you are and same kind of, um, you know, why, why do you do it? Well, I work for the, uh, I work for central office here or out in Gallatin. Um, and I'm in the ELL department or the instruction department. So I work with students who speak other languages at home and who haven't yet uh, mastered proficiency in English. So my job is to help them navigate, you know, just their school day, right? And to survive and thrive and uh, to give them chances uh, to succeed. And so, I mean, I think I don't really have a pinpoint memory that is my reasoning. I think to be a teacher, I, I'm kind of between both Deborah and Heather because I didn't, you know, just as far as age group, I, I work with middle school students right now, but I've worked with all of them. You know, I've worked with elementary. I did two years at Dina Stewart out in Gallatin where I worked there for about three quarters of the day. And then I've done a lot of middle school work the past seven years. Um, and before that I was at Gallatin high school with Heather for about eight years. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've been at different levels and in different subjects, um, kind of wandering a little bit, <laughs> But that's part of my personality. My dad was a preacher. My grandfather's on both sides. My mom's side and my dad's side were preachers. My mom's a teacher. My grand that grandfather that was a teacher was also a chemist. Was a preacher was also a chemistry teacher for a while, and was on the school board after he retired. So, um, I've got a lot of teaching, I think, in my blood, and um, I like I like the energy kids have. Uh, I think it, it's taken me a long time to find my niche to find an age where I feel comfortable most. But I think, you know, having been at multiple levels, I've been able to sort of be at peace with the level that I'm in now. And I think they, uh, you know, I'm energized by their passion and their hope and their joy. Um, you know, kids, one of the remarkable things about kids, I think is just, they, they have a way of looking at life that I wish I had as an adult almost. Um, most kids are, you know, there's an innocence to it. Um, and there's a, there's a, um, there's just joy, you know, they forgive fast and they wonder and they, they don't, uh, they don't judge as quickly. You know, I think they just represent to me what human beings should be. And, uh, I, I'm motivated by that. I'm motivated to, to be, uh, with them and um, to learn from them because I think a lot of my job um, is learning from the kids as much as it is, you know, teaching them what I know. Um, I think I 
over the years, I think I've learned that is that I, you know, I take more probably from them as far as just what they, they teach me. A lot of times I don't even know, uh, I don't know going in certainly that they're going to teach me something, but um, the idea of being a lifelong learner involves, you know, what I do with my craft, but also just learning from the people that I'm around. And I think, you know, coming full circle, I had great teachers growing up when I had people in my close family who, you know, scaffolded me to be, even if I didn't know it at the time, you know, to be a teacher. Um, and I think it just, it's easy for me in that sense. I, I don't look at it as like a, um, you know, as something that I, I sacrifice to do. I look at it more of just, it's something that's part of me and um, that I, I think God's given me a concern for kids like Heather and like Deborah, I'm sure God's given me that and he's given me abilities in certain ways. And I've been able to explore that and foster that. And I think he continues to bless all of us to try to help bless others, you know? So anyway, <laughs> I like how you said, yeah. So anyway, um, the, the fact that the, the depth of stuff that you all have all three shared, I mean, so remarkably Stan mentioned this beginning before we actually started recording. And that is kind of each time we engage in these conversations, there's something that happens to me. There's probably something that even happens to Stan as we're, as we're dialoguing with guests and I'm, I'm getting more giddy, like, as if that's possible, as I'm talking to the three of you. And so I served in youth ministry for 18 years before transitioning into adult ministry. And so the Dan to hear you talk about the very fact that there's something about being around students and the energy that they have. And there's something that, as I'm even hearing you say that I hear Jesus saying, unless you become like a child, exactly. there's something about children and there's something about their innocence and something about um, how they function in the world that is so life giving at all these different stages, right? Elementary school, middle school, high school. And I think everybody kind of has their niche as to which group they're drawn to maybe, but I can, I mean, the, to me hearing you say there's something about being around them in community and with them that feeds me as well. Um, so Stan, I, I, my, my assumption is there's, there's probably something brewing inside of you right now as, as the, as the grin on your face is there. You want to comment on any of this yet? Yeah, I just, I'm just finding it amazing that when I was articulating earlier, when you asked me about teachers, I remembered, and I was sitting here thinking about the times in my life, I remembered different teachers. I remembered the teachers when I got to graduate school that had really laid the foundation of things that I was now excited about as a lifelong learner. And I yet remembered a Mr. Chamberlain or, you know, a, um, another a Mrs. Dixon or whoever it was that laid something way back there that now I was building on, right? And while I was listening to these three, here's what happened. <laughs> Deborah, Deborah welcomes students. I don't, I don't really remember any significant trials or challenges in my life from nursery school through kindergarten. Maybe kindergarten had something in there that might have been a little challenging, but there was nothing that was real stressful. It wasn't any stress until I got to, you know, like the whole learning to read and math stuff, you know, in, in elementary school. And so I, I, I see Deborah as someone who welcomes a new learner to the system, to the journey, mm -hmm. and then hands them off. And Dan picks these kids up that are wrestling with different variables along the way, and he's journeying with them. And by the time they get to Heather, Heather's getting ready to send them, as she said, out to the world and those kids are remembering when they get to Heather, the Dan's and the Debra's that got them to Heather. Mm. And they might not fully appreciate Heather yet, 
But when Heather turns them loose and they go to college or they go to graduate school or they go to a trade or whatever it is that they do, somewhere Deborah will be remembered the same way. Sorry, Heather will be remembered the same way Deborah and Dan were remembered. And that's what was happening to me when you were asking me those questions. I saw people's faces popping up and what they taught me over my lifetime along the journey of the educational desire to learn. I took a time out when I thought I was done learning. And then we all come back to learning. And when we do, people's faces pop back up that were instrumental in, in our forming of wanting to learn. And the love and the kindness of the people who were with us when we were learning how to learn is how we re-engage learning later in life, if that makes sense. No, it's awesome. What a great, great notice. And just the fact that we have the representation of, of elementary school, middle school, and high school. And I will say this, Deborah's the only, only the person on the screen that I've not been in her hallways where she does what she does. I have had other people who have had her as a teacher, right? So I hear the admiration that they have for her. I have been in the hallways and where I've seen students interacting with Dan and Dan will look to his left and he, and Dan speaks several languages. So Dan is off to his left speaking. And I'm like, there goes Dan speaking to a group of kids that I'm like, I don't even know what he's saying right now. And then he looks back over here to the right and he's speaking with a whole other group of kids and they adore Dan, right? Dan's got this presence and um, he's, he is, he really is, like you said, Stan, wrestling, with some really difficult things in middle school as kids are already wrestling with difficult things in school at middle school age. And to know that Dan is in this space caring for these kids makes my heart warm knowing that Deborah is in her space. I have sat with, I've sat with Heather at more basketball games and football games than we can count at this point. And I, and I watch how the students admire her and there's Miss Atkins. And um, man, when you're with Miss Atkins, you know, you're with Miss Atkins. I mean, she, the people, respect her and admire her. And so as I think about this and kind of even transitioning for a second, if you don't mind, I think about the roles that you play in all these many different lives that you all interact with. And, and I can't help but think about how you all as Christ followers and as um, man, just I, the language that I've been using here recently is when I think about what it means to be an instrument of peace when I think about what it means to be an expression of the way God feels about this world, and I think about the, the, all the lives that you all touch, I, how, how does, is it fair to maybe ask this to each one of you? Um, how, how do you see what you do as a teacher, as an educator, intersect with your faith and your role as just a Christ follower? Because like I said, I see you just planted in these places loving on kids. Okay, so it's, it's hard because obviously we are in a public school system where it has to be our actions. Mm -hmm. We can't really talk about our faith. But even to my kindergartners, it is very evident. There's always one in the building or one in the grade that knows where I go to church. And so, you know, I saw you at church or I came to Trunk or Treat, which a lot of our kids do come to Trunk or Treat at our church. And so I think, you know, it's amazing to see that, but I did have a little girl a couple of years ago and they were new to the area and her mom sent me a note saying, I want to know where you go to church. I know that you do and we need a church. And that was just like, you know, nothing had been said to this mom. She just knew that I went to church. 
Mm. So, so like you said, actions, it's how you, it's how mm-hmm. you interact and you, it, it, your, your faith directly affects how you treat others. Right. So Heather, how about you? Well, me, Gallatin high school is my mission field. You know, it's the place that I'm supposed to be, uh, to influence these kids, hopefully always in positive ways. And, you know, like Deborah said, I don't say anything, but I think my actions are really important because they are always watching. You know, they're watching what I'm doing in the classroom. They're watching, you know, how I interact with the cashier when they're the ones bagging my groceries at Kroger. Um, you know, I see my kids everywhere. And so I can't ever not be Miss Adkins. You know, I have to always remember that they are watching me. Um, but you know, I think I just have to set a good example for them in my words and my actions in the way that I approach conflict in the classroom, which happens when you put 35 teenagers in one space, <laughs> um, you know, because they're looking for that. But um, I think a lot of it also comes with being vulnerable to my kids and letting them see me as a human, not just as a teacher. And, you know, admitting when I've completely messed up the concept I'm trying to teach them and, you know, asking for someone to, to help me out and look this up for me because I don't remember how to spell this word even. Um, but I think they see that and they see that we're real and then they start to trust us. You know, I have a lot of kids who come to me with very big issues, big problems that they want to discuss. And so sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm taking off my teacher hat for a second and I have to be mama to a lot of the kids. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, they can't go to their own mom. Um, they don't feel comfortable, not around. It doesn't matter. But um, so I'm always walking that line and trying to be Jesus to them in that moment. The same for all of us. I think patience is huge. I think so many things that we face, I mean, like Deborah was saying, like every day is so different. And you never, you can't predict what's going to happen. You can't predict in any given day, you know, you have, you know, this semblance of control, you know, with our routines and our procedures and things we do, just the technique of teaching and what we do to foster the classroom space um, to be accepting. Um, But I think the more I do it, the more, you know, the challenge it is to be the right example. I mean, it's almost like being a parent, you know, when you have your own children, you know, I don't know everybody here on the zoom. I'm not really sure all of our situations. Um, I know several of us do, um, you know, a lot of ways, these are your own, almost like your own children. I mean, there's certainly some things you can't do just as a, as a um, third party, you know, we're not their parents, but we do play and wear a lot of hats. Um, and I think there's no law, against love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the more, <laughs> the more I lean into those things, the more I think the effect I have on people, a lot of the folks, just like Heather, you know, a lot of the folks that are coming in contact with over, over the years, it's a broken world, right? And, and, you know, I'm broken, we're all broken, but some of our kids are dealing with a lot of brokenness, you know, and, and there's a lot of deficiencies, a lot of gaps. Uh, whether they're ones I work with on a daily basis or not, you know, I mean, we have, we see all kinds. I mean, you, you've seen every kid and you, you meet new ones and, and, and they're all different and they all come with these experiences and it's humbling to, to kind of walk with them through some of the things that they're walking through. Um, and it breaks your heart and it makes you on the top of the world, you know, on any given day. I mean, you have elation and you have uh, despair and you, you live those things um, frequently and, I think how I react to like 
real life <laughs> that goes on, you know, <laughs> is, is really important. And, and, you know, there's, there's stuff, there's so much in teaching that is out of our control, um, whether it's uh, federal and state guidelines that are completely out of our control, whether it's uh, family members, kids coming to school with, you know, certain situations before they even get there. I mean, we have no control over that. All we have control about, and we say this all the time in teaching, and we've said it for years since the beginning, all you have control about is the time you're there and the space you have and, and, and your reaction to that. It's, it's about your reaction. And um, I think that's the greatest challenge and the greatest part where you, you screw that up a lot, you know, and you, you say things you shouldn't say um, and you act in selfish ways and you have to own up to that. And you have to, I mean, it's such a human experience. This is where the, the rubber meets the road, you know, um, this school, public school in particular, I have a passion for public school because, you know, it's meant to be an equalizer. It's meant to give people chances. It's meant to provide opportunity. Um, it's meant to be like, that's what I see myself as I'm, I'm a chance giver. Uh, and I'm trying to give people a chance to move on like we all are to move into something else, uh, a space where they're able to thrive. And when, uh, when I'm at my best and I'm giving my, my best, um, and God's blessing me through that, I think people are blessed. Um, and I think when I'm at my worst, but I can own up to it, I still think people are blessed because I'm a human being and they, kids need to see us. I think they need to see us struggle. They need to see us learn. They need to see us grow. They need to see us, you know, I mean, gosh, every day, like a parent will come in and I'm, I'm trying to talk to them in Spanish. And there's been years where, you know, my Spanish is not good, but you know, it's gotten a lot better, but there's been years where, I mean, it's embarrassing. You know, I'm trying to be interact as an adult and just the pressures, you know, these strange pressures, what, that's one example, but I mean, that's probably true for Deborah and, and Heather too. And in, in their circumstances where, you know, we, we just try to be what we can be and, and try to be a light and um, be kind and slow to speak, slow to anger, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, and just be there, you know, and be there for them when the best way we can, the best way we know how and um, stuff happens and you just roll with it. It's, it's crazy, but it's, it's every day. <laughs> it's... Wow. I mean, I love this. Stan, anything brewing inside you right this second as yeah, we kind of begin to transition towards closing this out? Yeah, just real quickly, I, I, I was having teacher evaluations come to my mind. Um, you know, you've, <laughs> you've gone through those, Excellent. John. Excellent. <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure everybody on here is like, why would you bring that up? Um, I, when, De when Dan was talking, and actually when Deborah and Heather were talking too, here, here's what happened. Biblically and kingdom vision wise, probably a flower growing is what I was seeing the most is, you know, that God gives the seed. Deborah kind of cultivates the ground for the first time. Dan's doing a lot of watering and fertilizing and, 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 and how did you say it, Dan? You're giving people answers giver. Yeah. Uh, and then Heather kind of has the kids that are flowering. They're starting to show what color they are, what they look like, that type of thing as they leave. But you know, you guys shouldn't be really surprised. A assembly line also came up in my mind that Deborah does what Deborah does. Dan does what Dan does and Heather does what Heather does. And somebody who comes out the end of that timeline, that system that Deborah may never get to see the immediate effects of what she did way back in kindergarten. 
And Dan may have wrestled in giving chances, and some kids will take him up on some of those chances, and some kids unfortunately won't. And then Heather kind of sees them at the at the end of their assembly line where they're getting ready to go do their next phase of life. And I wonder what a teacher evaluation would look like for Deborah and Dan and Heather when someone's at the end of the assembly line and they've become whatever they are, rather than if the teacher was supposedly good or bad right in that moment. We do the same thing all the time. We do the same thing to people on the Christian journey where we forget that all we can do is what we're given by God to do where we are through the vocation he's blessed us with and the talents we have. And we may never see that person again, but somewhere way down the road, what we did became an element of the finished product that's at Mm -hmm. the end of the assembly line. So, yeah. So you saying that hearing all of you, uh, Sam and I have a preaching buddy in the area who, who's fond of saying this and insert whatever, uh, whatever uh, issue or whatever, whatever thing you might want to think about. Hang on. So here it is. He says, nobody can do everything, but everybody can do something. And he follows that up with do the work where you are. And I hear each one of you fulfilling that call to do the work where you are with the kids that are with you, that you are present with. And I, I'm like, you say, I love that. For, and I know that Deborah does this and Heather does too for him to say, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a chance giver. Like we're, we're there to help make opportunities happen. Uh, every, you know, to make possibilities occur. Um, and I love that. I love that the three of you are where you are doing what you do on a daily basis with the kids who see your faces all the time. And I know that there are kids, I'm like you Stan, there are kids down the road. Heather and I have actually had these conversations where she'll see somebody that's graduated several years ago and you see some of that fruit down the road. You may not see it immediately, right? But uh, I love the conversation that has woven together with each one of you. Um, and, and here's what I will say maybe in closing. For, the, for anybody who's out there who is actually hearing this, watching this, here's what I would love for you to do this week. Um, pick up your phone. And th- it's, it's really cool. You can do this thing on your phone where you can make phone calls. You don't just have to do like text messaging or emailing. You can actually make phone calls back and forth. Um, Call a teacher that you know. Text a teacher that you know. Send some extra measure of encouragement and support and love their way. Reach out this week, especially as we're navigating these wild times and circumstances. But if you have a teacher that you know out there, reach out to them. Um, Love on them. Um, Encourage them this week. Here's my prayer for all of for the three of you and all of your colleagues, all of our students, all of those heading into this week. May the Holy Spirit hover over each of you and may the Holy Spirit continue to fill you and lead you and guide you, especially Dan and those characteristics that you named from patience to love and kindness. May may those things radiate from within you as you navigate these roads as teachers and may you continue to fill the lives of children with these same things so i just want to say thanks um, for your time today heather uh thank you appreciate it deborah thank you and dan thank you appreciate everything you guys do we love you we'll talk to you soon